Welcome to another episode of Matt's Mindset Monday. Each week we focus on topics to help you master the three elements of growth and achievement, mindset, habits, and skill. The mastery in these three elements will take you anywhere you want to go in business and in life. So are you ready to change your life or hit the next level of personal and professional achievement? Join us live Mondays at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern on my Club Growth Facebook group or catch our replays 24-7 on YouTube. Let's grow together. All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another Matt's Mindset Monday. And today I have a fellow realtor and uh, one of my one of my favorite people in, in our boards, and that is Belinda Hurst. And she specializes in well, I don't know if specialized, but you just you live in a rural area, um, yeah. and you, you sell a lot of rural air. I can't talk rural real estate, and there yeah. is a huge difference between selling in the city uh, versus selling in the county, and then selling even more in more rural areas, USDA eligible areas, and things like that. Hancock County um, is where you live, correct? It is. Yeah, you live there yeah. also. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we're going to take a deep dive into the differences between city. Um, real estate and rural real estate. What do you need to know? And more importantly, how to thrive. Now, of course, uh, Belinda is is very, uh, very much a humble person and doesn't like to say that she's thriving, but I see the numbers and I know you're thriving. So that's why we're using that word, a little catchphrase there. But before we get started, why don't you tell everybody, kind of do a quick introduction. Who are you? What do you do? Well, um, First, I'm a mom of five and I sell real estate and I'm active in our community. Um, really, I just like to be out around people and doing what I like to do. So that's really about it. And being a mom of five and selling real estate, what's that? I'm sure that gets hectic. We've talked about that before. It gets a little yes. crazy from time to time. So what do you do uh, to keep everything to keep the sandy for lack of a better term. Um, my kids are older. They don't need babysitters. We don't have to worry about childcare. They are actually a huge help when it comes to keeping things organized, keeping people straight. And they're actually amazing about if they know somebody, they want to communicate to them, hey, my mom sells real estate. They're more than willing to jump in and help do things. So actually having a lot of kids is beneficial in certain ways other days it's like i can't be everywhere at once so some people get let down and people get grouchy and it's just the way it is yeah that's awesome yeah you got any so any future realtors in the bunch yet do you know yeah we have one who i would like to see probably try it but i don't know that she will want to do that to so be determined, right? to be determined. yeah yeah we'll see what she does but yeah so so let's go ahead and dive in. What in your mind are the biggest, because I know you you sell in Owensboro as well. Um, yeah. But what's the biggest difference in selling? And, and we're going to we're gonna call Owensboro City. Uh, it's to be determined. Yeah, it's yeah. Be defined as a city or not. But uh, what's the biggest difference between selling in the city versus selling in the county? I really think it's understanding the financing options. So if you're you have a client who's FHA, basically any home in the city, as long as it's good, we can get them in there. But if you're trying to buy a large track of land with that, you have to understand the differences, knowing that the land can only be a certain percentage of that value. It's 30% is what it is. 
Also like manufactured homes, even though it's in a USDA area, we can't do that. Understanding the difference and being able to read surveys, just that kind of stuff, I feel like is probably the most important ones. And you know, um, so I just realized the other day that the Davis County PVA started putting flats online, which yeah, is, is you know, for, you know, in, in the surrounding counties, whether it's Hancock, Ohio and things like that, I know getting the surveys um, aren't as easy as the city in terms of getting plats and things like that. So where, how, how important is it to understand the boundaries of a, a property? Because it's not clearly staked most of the time. And then um, where do you get that information? So you, our PDA is Karen, Robertson here in Hancock County, and she's an amazing asset. Also, just knowing your county officials, being able to go to them and having good relationships with surveyors. That way, if you do have questions, they're more likely to help you with those. Our county in Hancock here, you have to actually pay for PBA service because we're smaller, it's not free. And our surveys and deeds, plats are not uploaded in there yet. So hopefully that's something that we can work on. But yeah, you just have to have good communication. Go up there, they'll send it to you. Not a big deal. Oh, so they'll, they'll actually send it. You don't have to go yourself and pull the... You don't, if they're not super busy, do you like to ask them to do that all the time? No, but right. you know what I mean? If it's in a pinch, you absolutely can. I guess it just depends on how many times you're having to ask. And then yeah, like, yeah. You don't want to irritate them. So. What else do you need to know outside of, of surveys and, and being able to read a survey? Because I know that's a skill that you, you've probably learned over time, but what other things uh, do you kind of need to be able to know in order to sell in rural areas? I think you need to understand the people. Their wants are gonna be way different than somebody who is wanting to be in the city. So they don't wanna see their neighbors. A lot of times they need the privacy and you have to understand the individuals and the difference in those individuals i think so how do you go about finding finding that out like is have you just learned like a series of questions to ask them or are they kind of just usually up front and volunteer that information oh no you have to a lot of times well I'm, you know matt people are kind of private if they don't know you well they don't want to really give you a lot of personal information they want you to just kind of do what they're saying. So I think you have to kind of just build that relationship with them and you have to just ask the small questions, you know, that fit that person's personality. Hopefully they yeah. start opening up and sometimes it takes you a while and it takes, you know, some teeth pulling, but you get there. We eventually we eventually get that information. After 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 the fourth house and when we're, we're shown and it's like nothing meets the criteria. I was like, all right, yeah. let's sit back down and talk about this because apparently one of us is missing the boat somewhere. <laughs> well, I think so, a lot of times buyers really don't know what it is that they want until you're out there looking. And so you kind of just build a checklist off of what doesn't work and what does work and hope you can eventually find them something. So yeah, no, we do the same thing with the checklist yeah. and, and try to discover, you know, what's the absolute things that you must have. And then on top mm -hmm. of that, what are the things that you want? Um, yeah. And then over the last couple of years, I was going to have 
I was going to ask you about this is I've seen a huge number of buyers in the city who are now, especially in the beginning of the pandemic, who wanted to move out to the county. And I felt like everybody wanted a couple acres with a with a shop and two chicken coops on it. Um, yeah, so, and, they, and they wanted it for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. And I was like, oh, probably, yeah, you're going to have to give up something there. So did you have you seen a big like transition and move to the county? Yes. So whenever COVID first happened, I had a really nice listing, but it was a pole barn style house. The home was smaller, but it was crop ground plus some woods. It was really nice. We ended up with like 25 showings on that thing in like four days. And it was a situation where a lot of them were actually out of state. It was people from New York, Michigan, cities that wanted to be rural. They thought, you know, with the pandemic, it was time to make that shift. So I do think we've seen a lot of people coming from out of state and also just from the city. So, and have you seen um, where those people have been there for a year or two now, and we're a little further along? Have you gotten any calls and we're like, "Hey, this wasn't for me. I need to sell this place and get back to the city." Have you, have you seen any buyers remorse? No, I really have not. Yeah. I I think it's an adjustment for sure. Like. For me, I don't know that I could go live in a subdivision. But I think once you adjust to it, like I would like the amenities of being in town, but it's just that short adjustment period. And now I haven't really seen much buyer's remorse. Girl, let me tell you, we moved out to the summit. And, it, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, we're not in the county. Like we're 12 minutes from my office. Yeah. And I, it was an adjustment for that. It's like, yeah. what do you mean we can't order pizza? Like yeah. we got a DoorDash or go pick it up. I'm like, Nope. This is this is the this is the extent of how far I get out of the city. That's how city boy I am. Like I, I can't even be more than twelve minutes away. <laughs> so, what other areas outside of rural do you focus on, and why? I don't really focus on a certain location. I would say mine is mostly just the people that I focus on. So if you've got a client who's super happy. They're going to tell their friends about you. They're going to do whatever. So you're going to get those clients off of your referrals. We all know that. And those are the people that I focus on. So if that one person sends you two and those two people each send you two, I mean, you're going to kind of just go to that area. You're not going to really focus market and advertise there. But if that's what they want to do, that's what I do. So do you have a limit as far as travel? like? Um, I try to stay within an hour, hour and a half, depending on the client price range. And sometimes you do have to, if somebody's in a $110,000 price range and they want to go an hour away, say they want to be all the way in Henderson. For me, it's really not feasible to do that. You have that one out. So you, you have to understand that part of it or else you will lose money. But yeah, I mean, I just like to be within an hour. Yeah, so the, and I noticed that about like so our office we have in Elizabethtown, you know, they'll travel an hour, hour and a half. I'm mm-hmm. like, I ain't leaving next count. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But, yeah. but also, but part of the reason I do that is because I don't know the rural market, so I believe in specializing in in certain areas. So like, there's no way, and I, I'll own this 100. There's no way when it comes to selling farmland 
that I have the knowledge that you have. So you could better service the client than I can. Um, yeah. you know, and I think that goes, you know, multiple ways. If it came down to, you know, servicing inner Owensboro, I might have a couple more connections that if somebody was building in order yeah. to be able to connect to utilities, you know? So I think it is important that, that we have territories. And then it's like you said, it, what's our, what's our range that we're willing to go. And as long as that falls inside our knowledge base, then, then there's nothing wrong with that at all. What's the furthest you've sold? Probably the other side of Butler County. Really? I had a client and he was actually referred to me from a loan officer. So we were supposed to be looking not quite that far away, but this place popped up. It was really, really nice. It checked every single box. And so I said, well, let's go. And I felt like the price was fair. I pulled what I could and I mean, it worked out. He's a very, very happy client. And, but yeah, the other side of Butler County was probably the farthest. Nice. <laughs> We've sold some of a, a couple at the lakes, um, but that's yeah. about it for us. So do you find that, that when you're, you know, um, people who are looking and, and they're, is it more people want to be in a certain location, a certain county, or is it whatever house fits my needs and then I'm willing to go there? So we were talking about people trying to relocate to a rural area. For a lot of them, it's not so much about a certain area. Of course, East Davis County, if some people want to be in Hancock County, you, you've got those people, but you have some are like, I just need to be out. They're the ones that you have to kind of reel in and or refer out. They're the ones that are gonna send you something on the other side of Louisville, or it could be, you know, who knows where, but you've just got to kind of reel them in a little bit or know when it's time to speak that what's the furthest i'm just throwing all kinds of random questions at you right yeah. now what's the furthest you've ever drove between shows for one client like from one side like distance i guess um about two hours and 15 minutes really yeah and it was actually that same client we were in henderson one day and then all the way out to irvington the same exact day and then back to mclean nice that, yeah. that's covered some range there yeah <laughs> and so uh speaking of speaking of people how do you adjust to and understand the differences when people are looking at multiple locations um is it do you try to hone in on you know their particular needs or do you try to hone in onto their location or is it just varied by person it varies by person i People's needs and wants are always different. And I also think that for person to person, if you start just making a checkbox, like list, you're, it's not personable anymore. That's one thing that I like to run my business. You have to be personable. You have to understand your client and you have to kind of know, I guess my biggest question is why are we doing this? Like, what is your purpose? That way we can kind of make sure their checkboxes actually match their purpose. Yeah, that, and I was gonna, that's perfect. I was sitting here thinking of that is, if somebody was wanting to move rural, maybe they haven't lived rural before, but they, they wanted to, to take on the, the rural living, like what, what either advice would you give them or what type of questions would you ask so that they understand what they're getting themselves into? The drive time, like for me to drive 45 minutes to get somewhere is not a big deal. Like I'm putting 55, 60,000 miles on a vehicle a year. So you have, they have to understand that 
it's not going to take you five minutes to get to the store. You're, you have to make sure that you're going to actually be okay with that. When you drive to a property, they're like, well, that was a long drive. Well, that's how you're going to be driving every single day to go to work, to get where you need to be. Also, a lot of times, unfortunately, is connectivity. Like we have to make sure if a person works from home and we're going to have satellite internet, like, is that really going to work for you? That's a big deal. So have you learned to just kind of research what internet's available for each yeah. different location, especially when you have people working from home, I guess? Yeah, you have to make sure. I mean, they have to have internet, unfortunately, is a basic need at this point. If we're, I mean, right now we're all using the internet. So if they don't have that availability, they need to make sure that they're okay with that. Some people, they do not care about being connected. They don't care about phone service. They're in the country and they're there for a reason. Other people, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, and I found a lot of people who are relocating um, who haven't lived on large lots before or haven't lived rural at all, underestimate the, the maintenance of Yes, yes. yeah. It, <laughs> it takes three hours to mow, not 10 minutes. And so yeah. you, gotta, you know, calculate things. Yeah, and if you're gonna outsource it, the price goes up, you know, yeah. tenfold when yeah, you have multiple acres and, and things like that. And then the other thing is um, going from like city sewer and things like that to septic systems. Because there is, yeah. there's maintenance behind septic systems, certain things you can and can't do and, and stuff like that too. So yeah. what, uh, what other challenges, so to speak, and I don't even think they're challenges, I think it's a lifestyle, but what other lifestyle differences can you think of between city and rural living? I mean, it just, I would say for me, the biggest difference is just making sure, I don't really know, Matt. I mean, I, I wouldn't yeah, say that. I think we might've covered them all. I'm just saying you're thinking of internet, the maintenance of the lawn, of the ground, drive time, which I think is huge. It is. Um, yeah, maybe that is it. Yeah. I thought I had something. I thought I had an idea that I was, going to go but it left me so let's move on to the next one so <laughs> we probably had it together and it's completely gone so yeah. <laughs> yeah we had a thought and it left us so yeah. go, how do you attract rural customers like where's your where's your business come from do you do you specifically target certain um people or or areas or just where, where do you get your business so the thing about being rural is i think it's important for you to be a part of that community those people Again, if you, you don't have great internet service, believe it or not, the newspaper is a big deal because they're still getting the newspaper. They got to know what's going on. Um, I think just being a part of your community, talking to those people, those people understanding that you do sell real estate is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And one thing about being rural, you cannot get your feelings hurt because you have less people, you're more spaced out and there's a ton of realtors so they might choose somebody else you just have to understand that they knew you were a realtor and it's fine not you can't sit there and waller in it so do you uh do you advertise in the newspaper yeah every week so that's, that's, that's a huge difference for us like i would like i'm not saying i never i've ran newspaper yeah. ads but very rarely because with with us we can hit so many more people through targeted Facebook ads and, and yes. different things like that for so the cost per 
uh, view, if you will, is a, is a lot less. And I never thought about that from your standpoint of not everybody having internet or strong internet, then the newspaper is more relevant. Yeah, it's, we only, we have less than 8,900 people in Hancock County. And so- really? I didn't realize yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. So you have to think a certain amount of that population is gonna be older people and they're still making sure they're reading that newspaper with their coffee every week. And I think it's important, so. Yeah. What's, uh, do you have, uh, what other type of advertising do you do? Like, do you have, um, is there events, fairs, different things like that that you do? Any any billboards, anything like that? Uh, we do have a billboard. Um, I don't know that it really, I mean, it's on 60, so I think it's kind of one of those things where you drive past it every day. It doesn't change. You kind of just move on from that. Um, we definitely I'm sure it helps like, a little bit with top of mind, though. So maybe if they yeah. put the face with the name, if nothing else. So. Yeah. And then, um, of course, we have the fair, which is a big deal in a rural area. That's a big deal. Ohio County here. I mean, it's a big deal. So I think being there, talking to people, I think that's important. Um, of course, we have Facebook and I always make sure everything goes on Facebook. And I think that helps keep everybody at top of mind. Um, we're actually in our county, we're doing a new website to try to keep everything together, which has been a big deal. It's kind of like instead of people having to go to different Facebook groups, go all over the place, the newspaper, it's going to be one website that does have the local businesses and it's going to be called Hancock is Home. So kind of like over in Tell City, they've done their Perry County, you know, thing. So that's kind of what we're doing. Our chamber, industrial foundation, a lot of local businesses, realtors, everybody's kind of pitching in and Given that's ideas. Awesome. So is that something the the, the, the county and the, the chamber is heading or is that just a group of y'all got together and decided to do it? Um, well, the, Tina Snyder at the library, she's actually the one that's kind of heading it. And then we've got like Wade Gaynor at Independence Bank. He's helping yeah. Industrial Foundation, um, the chamber. Yeah, so everybody's just kind of pitching in. And I think it's going to be really, really good for our community. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Wade, uh, Wade used to live out in our neighborhood before he yeah. moved with us recently. So yeah. love Wade, he's a good guy. Yes, uh, what uh, what ways do you think the rural market could, should, or would improve if it even needs to? Well, is this, is this, if you could change anything about the rural market, what would it be? I think it would be the connectivity and mm -hmm. just making sure that people do have better internet access utilities. You know what I mean? That type of stuff. I think in a rural area, if you have that stuff, I think it opens it up to more people. And I think that would be beneficial. And right now, I mean, we just need houses. And it, you know, that's the toughest part, so. Yeah, and have you seen very much um, new development and specifically in your area? Um, like, it, it, have you seen where uh, maybe wooded areas starting to turn into neighborhoods, farmlands, different things like that. And, or is it just kind of still just individual building on individual lots mostly? Mostly individuals building. I mean, there's a couple tracks of ground that are listed for mm -hmm. developments, but it's just, when you're not in the city, it does cost you more to develop that ground. So your exactly. utilities, it's going to cost you more to run it. It's going to cost more to make sure all of it's handled so that you can do a larger development. 
and I guess if you're going to do a development, then you're kind of in a neighborhood at that point. And if you're going to live in a neighborhood, unless you want to strategically be somewhere close to maybe work there or something like that, then yeah, I could see that. So, and then that creates more inventory challenges. I was looking at some inventory numbers and what well, we were talking, we were talking about right before yeah. this, but you know, even in, in Owensboro and in Davis County, you know, there's a hundred active homes right now. And yeah. how many are active in Hancock? Four. <laughs> Four? Yeah. Yeah, four. A little, a little different. A little different. Yeah. Do you, so do you typically say if you put something on the market, is there just a, a huge rush of showings and it's, you know, multiple offers and, and things it's, like that? And have you seen it slow down? Like, have you seen multiple offers slow down recently with the interest rates going up? I think, uh, I think yes, is what we'll say to that. I think what it is also is a lot of sellers have become accustomed to multiple offers, but I think we're starting to kind of see that slowdown to where if a seller puts something on and somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm willing to pay you this, I'm going to waive inspection. They're like, take it. Let's just be done with it. Get the people out of my house and let's move on. That's I've seen a lot of that recently. They're kind of just nervous that prices are going to come down. So I don't know. Yeah. And you know, the, the interesting, um, I have this conversation all the time with people and it's like, Hey, when's the, when's the real estate market going to crash? I'm like, well, it's not really going to crash. It's probably just going to tabletop yeah. and more yeah. just like flatline for a little while. And we won't have this crazy 10% year over year, um, appreciation and, yeah. and things like that. But the, uh, but with the mortgage rates going up, you know, the buying, buying power is going down to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, you're either going to bring more money to the table, you're going to be comfortable with more monthly payment, or you're going to, instead of looking at a $300,000 house, you might be looking at a $250,000 house in order to keep those factors the same. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out over the, over think, the next couple months. Yeah, I think it, I don't know that we're going to crash. We're not going to have 2017 prices ever again. That's not going to happen. I mean, it's just totally not yeah. 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 I agree. Agree hundred percent. So if, um, let's speak to the, to the agents out there, um, not to create you competition or anything, but if somebody was lives in a rural area and they, they get their real estate license and they're, they're wanting to, um, focus on selling it, selling real estate in a rural area, what, what tips would you give? It, not just new agents, but even existing agents that live yeah. in rural areas. Like, cause I mean, I look at the numbers and, and, you know, in terms of number of sales, you're one of the top when it comes to rural sales. So what, what tips would you give for all of our realtor friends out there trying to do, do what you do? Talk to your friends, talk to your neighbors. Um, my favorite thing to do honestly is talk to other agents. I think if you have a good working relationship with other agents, and you guys have common ground and you know how each other work, it's a lot easier to get that transaction done. And just like we were talking about, is if I don't specialize on the west side of Lul or Owensboro, like it may be better for me to say, hey, I've got my friend Matt who understands that area, him and Shelly know what they're doing out there. Might be better to say, hey Matt, let me refer this to you instead of me taking that risk of not doing my Client. You already know I'm not I'm not driving outside Davis County, so you get all my Hancock sound. <laughs> no, you can listen that way. I can sell them, and we can work together. It'll be good. 
but I think it is really important to have those types of relationships with other agents, Absolutely. just especially when low inventory. I mean, we were talking right before this, and I think the Facebook Live group probably caught a piece of it, but um, we were talking about what's going to hit the market, and um, yeah. you said something about farmland. I was like, oh, I got something. So yeah. you know, we'll connect later this week or at some point yeah. once I get some more details, and you know, we'll have something lined up, and hopefully, you know, we can share that information. And, and all agents out there, this is why it's so important to have great relationships with your co-op agents because the more you can network the more opportunities you have for your buyers and for your sellers and to be able to find out what's coming on the market so yeah well let's do one final um takeaway here if you if somebody i want to do two questions number okay. one from the consumer standpoint um if somebody is going rural what should they know and what should they do if they're looking to buy rural, you think? Yes. I mean, okay, first I think right now they need to understand what loans are available for them. I think that's the very most important thing because if they're looking at buying a hundred acres of ground, I mean, they're gonna have to have their money down. We're not gonna be able to do a government style loan. I think that is the most important thing, knowing what they want and if they're capable of buying it. Um, secondly, they need to know that it's a different lifestyle. We can't just have pizza delivered to the house. We have to know what we're doing and you have to understand, you know, what you need to be doing every day. And you have to make sure you have the time to do it because that is one of the biggest struggles in this world we live in is making sure you have time to actually live in the rural area. Yeah, I love that. Let's let's take it to the sell side. So um, if, I, if I lived in Hancock County and I was, I was calling you and saying, hey, I'm, I'm probably gonna put my house up for sale in the next couple months. What what advice would you give me prior to going on the market? I would want you to make sure you knew what your plan was, where you plan to go, make sure that you are good with that. And then I would want to make sure the outside of your home is cleaned up. Cause I think that's very, very important in a rural area. If you show up and there's weeds and brush and briars everywhere, People have hesitance about that because it creates more work for them in the long run if they want to get it cleaned up. Yeah, I think that's a really important part. Like even, you know, because I, I mean, I've shown some some probably earlier in my career and, you know, it would be hay fields, right? And they're grown up in order to, to process the hay. But I would literally have people like, is it that that hard to maintain this ground that they don't yeah. mow once a week? Yeah. And I'm like, but when you own a hundred acres, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not mowing it every week. You're on a bush hog schedule, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that is one thing that we just need to make sure timelines match up and that we can have it presentable when it's time to go on the market. And if you went to my place right now, there's going to be some briars and there's going to be a mess, but we're busy and it happens to everybody. It's not, farms aren't always going to be pretty acres of ground are not always going to be pretty your mower is going to break down i mean there's a lot to do and it's a lot of work i think that's an important part is especially if you get into you know to real farmland i mean that's that's mm -hmm. a lot of work they earn every dollar that, that well, they keep from those crops for sure even just five acres is a lot of work because that's not really i mean unless there's a lot of woods and a tiny yard i mean you're going to be doing mowing and you're going to have to weed eat and there's a lot to it yeah yeah that's a really good point too so let's flip it to the agent standpoint so final takeaways if you will if you're if you're a real estate agent looking to to thrive in the rural market what what final tips advice would you give or just recap what we talked about 
I would just make sure that you talk to people, make sure that you understand the community and make sure you understand what is available, available to people in that community. Like for us, we have a ton of industry here in Hancock County, but we don't have a McDonald's. So I didn't know that there's no McDonald's in Hancock County. We have a Subway restaurant, not yeah, like a Subway. Subway. That was that. Well, it was, we were on vacation one time and I was talking to a girl from New York and she was asking where we were from. So I was explaining our area and I'm like, we have one Subway, like, and we have two stoplights, three stoplights, I guess. And she's like, well, how do you get anywhere? Like she thought the Subway was like, uh, like transportation. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, no, no. Like one Subway restaurant. But no, we don't, we don't have any fast food besides the Subway. And it's actually in Lewisport. And we do have a few restaurants now. We have a couple of local Mexican restaurants and, uh, you know, it, it is a difference and they just need to understand the amenities and that way they can explain it to their clients better. If you say, Hey, this is a great area. Well, but if you don't explain what is available to that person, I think that there could be some regrets. I think you just have to be transparent. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point because I I know that um, knowing some people that have moved to the county, that's the one thing that they say is, you know, I added, you know, I'm making up the time, but five hours, six hours, yeah. ten hours to my week in terms of stuff that I have to do between the maintenance, between going shopping, uh, you know, all those things, taking kids to school, stuff yeah. like that. You know, it's um, so there is a lot to think about when moving to the rural area. But I thought you brought up a lot of really good points. So. Yeah. Any any final words for our viewers before we wrap up today? I don't think I have any final words, but I don't care to talk to anybody anytime if they have questions. So. Yeah. So, and if somebody is looking to move to, to Hancock County and um, or just has agents are on here, maybe have questions about how to operate in rural, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Just my cell phone. Call me, text me, Facebook, just however. Not so, hard. I'm sure your number's not hard to find, right? No, it's it's pretty well everywhere. <laughs> yeah, just, do, just do internet search and you'll you'll find it. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, I really appreciate you. I know you're in between showing, doing final walkthroughs, stopping off at, at somewhere so you can hop on with me. I appreciate you spending some time together and I uh, can't wait to do a deal with you. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Matt's Mindset Monday. Join us again next week as we continue our journey of personal and professional development by learning the mindset, habits, and skills to reach our full potential.